listening to the Jesco Bike Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Wyatt from the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. And I'm TJ Jeskowitz with Ragbri. This is the podcast where we talk about bicycles just for the fun of it. There'll be tales from Ragbri. Uh, we'll be joined by guests each week to talk about the social side of cycling. Come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. All right. Well, I think we got a pretty good show lined up this week, but lots of stuff happening, I think, up on the hill there. What's going on, Mark? You know, I've been at the Capitol for you know, five weeks now, and uh, things are starting to get busy, starting to get crazy up there. they got a lot of hot-button issues going on. But bicycling's the thing that uh, everybody's kind of talking about, and, and we're getting some attention, which is good. Uh, one of the proposals that we have is our change lanes to pass bicycles issue that uh, we've been working on for quite some time. Um, it's been uh, it's been something that uh, we think there's some time coming here. Um, a lot of other states have three foot laws and, and and that sort of passing distance, but the way Iowa's laws are written is that you have to change lanes to pass another vehicle. You know, you can't drive in in one lane or the other, or you have to drive in one lane or the other, and you don't split lanes in Iowa. So uh, that's what uh, we're working on is to make sure that, that uh, bicycles are passed just the same way. We convinced the DOT because they've added it to the driver's manual. We've also uh, worked with the attorney general's office on this and, and done some training for county attorneys on this. Um, but now we're just making sure that things are clarified because we've had some troubles. You know, courts and, and driver's ed instructors are confused because it's not that clear. So that's what we're working on is to try to create a proposal to well, change good. lanes to pass. Well, glad to hear the Iowa Bike Coalition is on top of it. And uh, hopefully we're going to see some movement on some of these much needed laws in our state. And mm -hmm. obviously, you know, RAGBRAI is affected by the laws in our state. So we're keeping a close watch on what's going on up, up there at the Capitol. So keep up the good work, Mark. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Well, we also are going to be at an event coming up soon. I think we're going to hear from uh, one of the co-founders of the Blue Ribbon Bacon Festival. We're going to have Brooks Reynolds on. We work a lot with Brooks on two events that we have coming up. Obviously, our Pigtails event, which is a brand new event that will be happening in May, May 20th, over at Prairie Trail in Ankeny. And then also our Bacon Ride, which we're meeting here today in Waukee. Mm -hmm. uh, had a little Bacon safety meeting today, so uh, it was good. Good to get to see some of the great people over here in Waukee and just start putting the plans to, to uh, fruition for Bacon Ride number four, which will happen Father's Day weekend in June. Is, is it four already? Bacon four. <laughs> so we will have a booth at the Blue Ribbon Bacon Festival. So if you want to come by and see us, we're going to be talking about the different uh, bacon-related bicycle uh -huh. events that we have. So come by and see us. Uh, Quite a few members of the Jesco Bike Podcast team will be there. Right. Mark and I, plus Andrea Parrott, who does Parrot Talk. So if you have, have perhaps a question, you might be able to see Andrea in person. So uh, I think we're also going to have the Wheel O Swag, where you can win bacon socks from we, Primal. We better bring a recorder for Andrea, because if she gets a question on the spot, we want to pick that up. So whoever's out there listening, if they come to the Blue Ribbon Bacon Festival and ask, ask Andrea, I want to get a question on Parrot Talk, we're going to have the recorder there so you can say your question on the podcast. Well, it'd be neat to get some of that bacon sizzle on the podcast because <laughs> if you hear that sound, you're going to be, you know, your mouth is going to be watery. Yeah, so. usually they have bacon cooking in our room, don't they? Because we have a, a Bacon Riders Biker Bar 
that's just specialty for the bike stuff going on. Yeah, looking forward to that. I think we've got Brother Trucker and Dave Zola that's going to be playing entertainment. So if you're at the Blue Ribbon Bacon Festival, be sure to come by and see us. We'll be there. Uh, maybe just look look for us at the Bacon Ride table. So. Yeah. So we've got a great show coming up. Uh, let's just get right to it and have a great week. Eben Weiss for the last decade has been the brash, opinionated East Coast voice of American bicycling with his blog, Bike Snob NYC. He's Biggie, Jay-Z, and Nas all rolled into one on two wheels. Eben initially blogged anonymously as he skewered his subjects and sprayed F-bombs, but he unmasked himself in 2010 as he began to publish books. His latest title is The Ultimate Bicycle Owner's Manual, The Universal Guide to Bikes Riding and Everything for Beginner and Seasoned Cyclists. It has been called no less than, quote, the greatest cycling manual ever written, unquote, by none other than Eben Weiss. Eben also recently wrote an editorial for The Gothamist in which he railed against the prevailing attitude that all bicyclists should wear helmets. And I'm Glad to have Eben here on Just Go By. Kay, welcome to the podcast, Eben. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Well, I appreciate it. So, uh, you know, let's start with your recent editorial. Uh, you know, as I said, you're a well-known biking critic, celebrity, uh, cultural icon at this point, I guess. What is it with helmets? Uh, you come out pretty hard. I mean, you say that um, there's this, quote, outmoded and impressive notion that riding a bicycle around town without wearing a helmet is tantamount to suicide. Uh, you, don't, right. you don't pull any punches with that. Right. That, well, that's what people seem to think. They seem to think that if you don't wear a helmet, you're crazy and you, you deserve whatever's coming to you. And uh, <laughs> half the time you read an article uh, in the paper or wherever about uh, a cyclist getting hit by a, a driver... Uh, they'll mention the cyclist was not wearing a helmet as though that has any bearing on the situation. You know, as I say in the article, a steamroller could run over your legs and they'll say, Oh, the cyclist was not wearing a helmet. And it's, it's such a, it, it you know, it's a distraction. It's not, the, the helmet is not the issue. Um, it's, it's a very, it's a cop out people use to, to victim blame. And it's a cop out people use instead of instead of focusing on actual safety it's much easier to focus on a plastic hat here put the plastic <laughs> hat on everything will be fine it's a real cop out especially considering that uh, the the uh, effectiveness of bicycle helmets is is debatable it's it's very debatable there's no real clear uh if if you look, I've 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 poured over these studies. I've read study after study, and and you read this stuff. You you put aside your initial prejudices, and you really read this stuff, and you realize like it's it's all over the map. You know the data is is very questionable, and um, um, what is not questionable is that there there is such a thing as as I cite in the article, safety in numbers. The more people riding. Bikes and walking, uh, uh, the, the fewer injuries there are relative to the total number of people. So, so that's the bottom line. Yeah. No, it's funny. You say plastic hats, and I picture uh, like rock band Devo or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, once you really, once you really, again, set aside this notion that 
that a, a, a bike helmet will save you from everything and you set aside this notion that you have to wear one or you're crazy, you can't help. You start to see them as plastic Devo hats. They start to look <laughs> silly. And I'm not saying, look, I'm not saying people shouldn't wear them. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with wearing one if you want. I wear them when I do certain kinds of cycling. You know, if I'm putting on the clicky shoes and the stretchy clothes and I'm mm-hmm. putting on a, a bunch of special junk, I'll put on the plastic hat too. But... Uh, to to just hop on a bike to to ride around to do some errands you, you don't have to wear it and and it does when you when you when you start to understand how how relatively ineffective they are versus versus the benefits of simply riding your bike they do just start looking like propeller beanies or Devo hats or dunce caps or whatever you want to call them. So, well, I mean, I was going to ask you if you actually ever wore a helmet. And it sounds like you do in certain situations, and yeah, and I, and I, I, do. And I wonder if that is this in part a difference between, like, say, I mean, urban cycling and rural. You're the you know NYC bike snob here in the vast middle of America. You know, I I live on a bike trail. Uh, in the middle of Iowa, uh, a lot of people here ride on secondary roads where there's traffic whizzing by them at 60, 70 miles an hour. Uh, is that the appropriate time to wear a helmet? Uh, you're talking about if you can establish a mass culture in a city where you have enough traffic, then that makes the entire situation safer. But if you're out there competing with majority cars, maybe a helmet is smart? I I don't know that, that the helmet is really going to make... Look, I think I think there are probably certain very specific instances where perhaps a helmet uh, could help you in in a, in a, a specific type of of collision. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there are, there are certain situations where it, where the helmet is actually a liability in certain kinds of situations. I think there are situations where you where you occasionally hit your head because. Your head is larger in a helmet, <laughs> and um, this is true. You know, you laugh at that, but uh, it's true. Walk around, put on your helmet, spend all day wearing your helmet. Walk around the office, walk around the house. You're going to bump your head left and right. And if you don't think that comes into a play, it comes into play occasionally when you fall off your bike. You know, you're crazy. There right. are probably when sometimes when you crack your helmet when you fall off your bike. You cracked. You might not have hit anything otherwise. And again, look, I'm not saying they're not at all helpful. I'm saying in a certain sort of sort of Luke Skywalker like firing <laughs> a missile into the Death Star situation. I'm sure in certain kinds of falls they do help. But I, I'm under no illusion that it's going to save me if I'm out doing like a long road ride in the country or something, going uphill and downhill really fast. I'm not under the illusion that the helmet is 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 going to save me. If if some drunk driver comes at me going the wrong way and I go through the windshield, I'm I'm screwed regardless. It doesn't matter what I have in my head at this point. Um, so I mean, my personal feeling, I wear them. Often, if I'm putting on the special clothes, partially because when you're doing that kind of riding, you might be going through areas where they're required. Look, I'm, I'm, I, I, I ride mountain bikes, okay? Mm-hmm. So most places you ride a mountain bike, they're required, okay? And I'm okay with doing that. I'm okay with wearing it in order to be to follow the rules of the place I'm riding. You know, I don't want to run afoul of of the county or who, whoever's land it is. I want to follow the rules and be a and be a, a a a good example and all of that stuff. And 
I, I don't think there's anything wrong with making people follow rules like that when, when they're indulging in a recreational activity. You know, sure. if I'm getting on a mountain bike and I'm riding around in the, in the woods, that's not something I need to do. That's something I want to do. So to ask people to wear special equipment where, while doing it, fine. Um, yeah. Or, you know, if I'm, put, if I'm going on the road ride and I'm putting on all the stuff, I might put on the helmet, too. Again, I'm not under the illusion it's, it, it's, it's, it's necessarily going to be the difference between life or death or that it's definitely going to help me. It, but it does put me in a certain frame of mind. I'm getting ready for this ride. You know, I'm putting on special clothes. I'm, I'm thinking, how much food do I need? I'm putting stuff in my pockets with food. How much liquid do I need? I'm putting on this special hat. You know, I'm thinking about, I'm going to be on the bike. I'm going to be tired. I got to think about, you know, it's more a mindset. It's more like, it's almost like a yarmulke, you know, it's like religious <laughs> headgear. It, it makes a statement and it makes you think about certain things, but, but that that's really it it's it i find them more symbolic yeah it's part of and, don, donning um, donning the warrior uh, outfit i guess in a way yeah in a way and uh, and then when you have riding in the city um i think it's important i think that that the, the, what you know it's really important to distinguish not like you can't combine the two, but you have to make a distinction between riding your bike as a form of transportation and riding your bike as, as just for pleasure and fitness. Yeah. You know, again, sometimes you combine them, um, but but basically they're two different things. And um, I, I, riding your bike is recreation. That's like I said, that's something you're deciding to do. Like that doesn't make the world go around. That's something that you want to do that makes you feel good. Riding your bike is transportation is something that benefits you and it benefits it benefits your city or town. You know, it benefits everybody. You're taking up less space, you're, you're less wear and tear uh, on everything around you. It's uh, it's efficient for you. It saves it saves money. Uh, all of that stuff. And uh, for that reason, it should be encouraged and accessible. And what makes it accessible is having as, as few barriers between, you know, as few barriers to people getting on bikes as possible. And if you start shaming people for riding bikes without wearing helmets or making laws that they have to wear helmets before they get on bikes, that's just, that's, that's one more barrier um, in the way of something that really shouldn't have any barriers, really something that should be should be readily accessible to everybody. Yeah. So that's really my problem with it. No, understood. You know, and I did look at uh, New York City DOT data, and, and it has been interesting in this, you know, I guess the new millennium that uh, ridership has surged in your city. And uh, you know, partly because of that, probably you have a real steep decline in uh, both injuries and fatalities on bikes. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, changing the culture, um, you know, you're stepping out there kind of raising these issues and sometimes being a voice of, you know, I guess uh, maybe a growing vocal minority opinion that is trying to change the culture. You've been doing this for a decade now. Did this come naturally to you? Uh, did you want to be the uh, bike snob? Were you yearning? Was the snob yearning to get out or did you have to kind of coax him out? It was. I didn't realize it at the time. I, I didn't know what I was doing at the time. But uh, I, when I started the blog, I, I, I was looking for an. I'd always been looking for an outlet as a writer, but I didn't. Um, I didn't envision writing a, a, a smart alecky bike blog. It didn't occur to me that that there could be such a thing. I thought, well, I love to write and I love bikes. And I thought, well, how do you combine those two? You, you, I don't know. You review products or you write about 
bike advocacy or 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 you write about uh you know you report on racing or something like that and i thought well i'm not really cut out to do any of those things so so i don't see i don't see how i could really write about bikes and then one day it did what as the 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 urban cycling you know the the fixie era came in and and mm. it became super trendy and suddenly all of this this stuff was around me and i was seeing it more and more and and there was there was so much to comment on it finally hit me that oh there's 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 a lot to be <laughs> there's a lot of commentary here um so i just started a blog so i could kind of make jokes about that stuff and uh and and that was what i needed to do had you imagined your life completely differently before this did you think what by now you would have written the great american novel or as a writer were you... oh i don't <laughs> i have no idea you know every i i no i i don't know how i envisioned my life i mean i was under general i've always been involved in in book publishing or 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 writing or something like that in in one way or another so i was i was very generally in the, in the direction of 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 working with the written word, but exactly what direction that would take, I didn't know, and I still don't know. I yeah. don't know what's going to happen. So, but, um, so you're the NYC. You're kind of you know the the two wheeled voice of NYC. You live in the Bronx. Is that your favorite kind of riding, or do you mentioned you're a mountain bike rider? Is that your favorite ride, or have you had some ride on the east, on the west coast, or somewhere in Europe? What is your favorite bike ride in the world? It changes all the time. It depends on my mood. I mean, I love I love riding in the city. I love just riding around and and being immersed in the city and going from neighborhood to neighborhood. Um, I love uh, I love riding out of the city and mountain biking and road riding and all of that stuff. I used to do I used to race. I don't do any of that. I don't really do that anymore. I'm old and I have kids and I can't really deal. But yeah, I still put on the clothes and, and do that kind of thing. Uh, so I I really I love all of that. stuff stuff um my favorite ride in the world changes a lot i've had the opportunity as uh you know in doing this blog and writing about cycling to, to do ride in some amazing places i probably wouldn't have otherwise like i got to do laroica one year mm. which I, it, if if not the best riding experience of my life would have to be very very close i mean it was it was an incredible experience that definitely stands out but also also some other great rides and great places you know riding in the out west riding on the west coast and riding even around portland and places like that i've gotten to ride a lot of places and, uh it's great and, and as far as just riding around like a normal person going to amsterdam and spending some time there on a bike with my family was was amazing so th those were all those those are all great but i like any kind of ride that's great so you have you had a chance to uh ride across the state of iowa yet or not i have not i've never been to iowa well here's an open invitation you can always join the team um what so you've got the new book and uh you know this ultimate guide i think it's at least your third book fourth you, fourth book okay no, so I'm, you, who's counting nobody's <laughs> counting it is the fourth so are you like spending the entire year out there both on your bike and on a book tour or how does that work for the year ahead no I, the book came out this uh last spring what are we in the winter now yeah so the book came out in the spring so i did do some traveling uh to promote the book uh a little mini uh uh book tour uh, but now it's the winter, and I'm just uh, I'm I'm home wintering. 
you know, this podcast, we exist in part, you know, for we're all about the, the fun and the culture of cycling. We're not trying to, you know, this is not a racing podcast. It's not all about the... Uh, the latest gear. I mean, we might talk about some of these things, but we're really focused on the fun and the culture of it, which it seems to be you in the way. I mean, it seems your core mission is to promote this culture in everyday life. I mean, like you say, you, you want to get more people on bikes. Um, but to, but with that in mind, is is that just how you're approaching it now for the rest of your career and your life, is that you want to be this everyday bicyclist, or is there some other milestone or some other bike bucket list you have in your head of what you want to do on two wheels <laughs> bike bucket list uh i in a way i i'm extremely fortunate in that i get to write about bikes all the time and i get to immerse myself in them and i get to decide oh i would like to i would like to do this kind of ride today and write about it and, and do that so maybe uh uh Maybe I can. Maybe I don't need a bucket list. Maybe maybe <laughs> I can. Maybe I can die now. Um, I would love. I, I guess. I guess my dream would be uh, uh, for for where I live and for lots of places in this country to get to the point where wherever you are, you see lots of people just using their bikes to get around and for it not to be a big deal and for it to be free free from uh, uh, stigma and for there to be more facilities for people to do that and for, for people to be more open-minded about it. Um, and... Um, I, that's why I rail about stuff like the, like the helmet thing. You know, I I I think it's really really important to to, to hammer it, hammer away at, at anything that might discourage people, um, whether it's that or or hammering away at at these dumb news articles that come out from time to time about how <laughs> annoying cyclists are, about how they're stealing parking. You know, the bike share stations took nine parking spaces out of Manhattan or something like that. <laughs> I, I think it's my, my duty to just to, to rail against that as much as possible and to, 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 to make, to make what it took me a long time to learn to make that common sense. I mean, I've always ridden bikes my whole life, but it took me a while to get to the point where I realized what a shame it is that it's not more accessible to more people and how absurd our, our fixation on, on cars is and how, how absurd a lot of our, a lot of the way we approach getting around, especially in cities is it took me a really long time to, to, to kind of break out of the, the 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 culture we're all we're all conditioned by um and um i want i want us all to break out of that and 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 think differently about about how to get around and how enjoyable it is and especially as a as a parent now you know to bring your kids into it and to take your kids around on bikes and and uh it's great so i just yeah. want i want everybody to, to at least have that available i don't I'm not one of these people who thinks everybody should ride a bike if you don't ride a, like riding bikes there's something wrong with you but at the same time it should be there for everybody if they if they want it yeah what you said i'm i'm as we record this podcast i'm sitting here literally along interstate 80 in the middle of america and so i'm thinking i'm imagining this bike snob campaign to get bill gates and warren buffett to fund a bike trail along the entire length of the interstate system uh, <laughs> across America, that there would be a, uh, I guess that would change the paradigm a little bit, maybe. 
Yeah. What, Elon Musk wants to dig tunnels all over for Teslas or something. There we you go. Know, you, should <laughs> be, <laughs> you should be able to ride bikes everywhere. It's not a big ask. It's not. It doesn't require very much. <laughs> you don't need a lot. Of, we don't need charging stations. We don't need super wide lanes. We don't need, uh, we don't need much. Well, I've got one more special question to ask you. But first, uh, why don't you just remind listeners, how do you, how do you prefer people reach out to you online? I prefer people don't reach out to me and just leave me alone. No. <laughs> I, I visit my blog, Bikes of NYC. Uh, there's a, there should be an email there somewhere. Or uh, um, the only social networking I use is is Twitter. I like Twitter, so I'm I'm at at uh, Bikes Knob NYC on Twitter. So you can know that's always a good way to to get me. All right, that's great. Well, the one question we ask everybody on the podcast, uh, Eben, is what is your favorite kind of pie? Favorite kind of pie? Yes. It's a tough uh, one. Pie. I can't really eat pie. Oh, yeah. So not even... I'm not eating pie. Yeah. Uh, so you've never eaten, though, a special... Uh, I mean, I have eaten lots of pie. I'm not that into pie. Okay. <laughs> right. I'm, not the, I, I'm not a big pie person. Okay. I, that's, yeah, okay. So what is... So you know, what would be... What do you... What is your equivalent crusty to Crusty on the outside and gooey on the inside. I like cheesecake. Okay. Just, that, that, that's not a pie. Straight up cheesecake? Yeah, either kind of, you know, New York cheesecake or Italian cheesecake. All right. That's, I like a cheesecake. That's fair enough. Uh, well, well, if uh next time I could take or leave a pie. Okay. But although I'm I'm also I'm just maybe I haven't been introduced to enough pies. <laughs> Is there a pie you could tell me that I should try that would just blow my mind? Oh, what would blow your mind? I mean, when I had to answer the question, I said key lime pie, like a, a fresh yeah, real key lime pie. That was my first. It kind of tastes like toothpaste. <laughs> no. And I've had that... good. To- I mean, I've had really good key lime pie. It's not that I don't get it. I've had. I've had key lime pie. I've had key lime pie in 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 a key in the keys. Yeah. And I've had. And then there's some key lime pie in Brooklyn that's supposed to be great, and everybody raves about it. And then I have it, and I I don't I don't know. I'm I'm not. I can't get excited about key lime pie. So if, if if key lime pie is the pinnacle of pies, then I'm really not a pie person, clearly. <laughs> well, uh, thanks, Bike Snob. You just ruined it for me. All I can think about is toothpaste. Now I have to pick another pie, but that's okay. I know. I think <laughs> probably in Iowa, what is it, pie is big out there? Big pie country? Oh, pie and pork and every, yeah, it's, you know. Yeah. Just, we have pork more. Pork pies. We have more hogs than people in Iowa, so. Yeah. That, that, I like pork. Well, this has been awesome. Thanks for the conversation, and I would Thank look you. forward to sharing the street or the trail with or without a helmet anytime, Evan. Okay. Thank you very much. Take All care. Right. Take care. Hi, this is TJ from Just Go Bike Podcast, and today's guest is Brooks Reynolds from the Blue Ribbon Bacon Festival. What's so special about the 10th anniversary of the Blue Ribbon Bacon Festival? And can you say that quickly 10 times without stuttering? <laughs> I'll try. It has just been the, you know, 10 years of bacon bacon craziness, bacon fun, bacon, you know, lot, mass amounts of bacon has been consumed over the last 10 years. Uh, it has just become a uh, a fun kind of 
annual event that spurned, you know, spurred out of, uh, you know, a bunch of guys who loved bacon who kind of had a weekend getaway of all things bacon. And then we brought it to the public back on March 1st, 2008. And it is just, uh, it's the largest bacon showcase of any bacon festival that's out there today. Um, you know, when we started, there weren't many bacon festivals going on in the United States. And, uh, you know, now we're the... I'm pretty sure we're the biggest. We'll have over, you know, north of 10,000 people. Uh, We've got 33 food vendors that serve up 75 unique bacon menu items. We have 10 different brands of Just Bacon. So there's, you know, Farmland, Hormel, Sugardale, Cloverdale, Berkwood Farms, Des Moines Bacon Company, Oscar Mayer, the City Meat Market from New Albia, Iowa, which is, we think it's one of the oldest meat markets in the state that's been open for, for 135 years. Um, we've, we have actually have a turkey bacon this year, which I don't, I'm not, I hope we don't get protested from the pork lovers. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's just, it has kind of become a fun thing of all things bacon. Um, you know, we've got live entertainment. It's kind of like the fair in one day cause we've got so many, uh, different areas inside the Iowa event center. We basically take over that entire building and create a bacon wonderland. I mean, there's four floors, um, we kind of have a theme bar area, so there's six different theme bars inside on kind of like the, as we call it, the bacon strip. Uh, we work with some great uh, alcohol sponsors who kind of get what we want to do and take our vision and run with it. Like Captain Morgan has a bar. Uh, Absolute Vodka has a bar. Uh, there's a bicycle bar. There is there. a bicycle bar. There's actually the Bacoon Ride Bar. Um Principal Charity Classic, we, I'm a big golfer, so we've been partners with the Principal Charity Classic for the last seven years. They have a 19th watering hole. Uh, Coors, they have actually have a rodeo. So we actually have two synchronized mechanical bulls. So you and Mark Wyatt can get on those bulls. And I watched Urban Cowboy last night. It was on. <laughs> and you know what? That's, you know, I also saw him cutting a cast off his arm. So I'm, I'm probably going to stay away from the mechanical bull. Uh, come on, man. I, I could cowboy up. You and Scotty can do it. I could do it. Yeah. I, I might do it. Sure. I've, ri- I've ridden a real bull, though. <laughs> my, my buddy over in Humiston, like, uh, put me on his bull. and uh, I saw that picture. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not afraid to get up on, on a big steer there. So, uh, oh, yeah. So when this first thing started, it's kind, it's kind of like Ragbri. They probably never imagined, like, after the first one, that this thing would actually take off. I'm sure you and your buddies were sitting around saying, hey, that was fun. Let's do it again. And could you ever imagine 10 years later you would be looking at upwards of 10,000 plus people each and every year that, that are craving bacon? No, we never never had any idea or in our wildest dreams that it would be like what it is today. I mean, we now do you know five major events a year all throughout the United States and, and Iceland. Um, you know, we started as just, I mean, we're all, I'm from Des Moines and my buddies who are all from here, we kind of just thought it was something fun to do. It's kind of a cabin fever event. Uh, it's normally around the, you know, the end of February, early March. It just kind of depends on when the venue that we have the event is available. Um, and you know, no, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it is just kind of, it's a monster and people look forward to it every year. And, and the fun thing is we have themes every year. So at, with all the kind of, you know, mechanical bulls and rodeo stuff, the theme is a Western theme. It's called the good, the bad and the bacon. So we have, um, you know, we have country bands. We have four, actually we have 14 bands. We have four different stages, uh, there's live music, 
um, so people kind of embrace the theme and get dressed up, you know, kind of like with Ragbury with the teams, but it's, you know, we're all, I guess, one big team and it's a country Western team. And, you know, last year was an, it was an eighties workout theme. So we saw a lot of spandex and day glow and whatnot. And the year before was a wrestling theme and it's just fun. I mean, it's something fun to do. And, you know, we've been very fortunate that we've gotten some great national exposure, national press, and, you know, it should be the world's largest bacon festival. It should be here in Iowa with, you know, we're the nation's leading producer of hogs. Uh, there's, I think, six times as many hogs as there are people in the state, 19 plus million. Um, there's some great bacons. Does that the bacon fest kind of bring that number closer to humans since you might might go through a few hogs that day? We'll consume probably north of 15,000 pounds of bacon. Um 8,000 of that is just slices. So that there's over 100 and I think like 100 and 120,000 slices of just bacon. The uh, Chad Vanderplug at the Iowa Event Center, he's the head chef over there, and he, his team starts cooking bacon on Tuesday just because it's, it's that's that's the one of the hardest things. We've you know been doing this event for so many years. The hardest thing to try to figure out is cooking up that much bacon. Um, but yeah, no, it's a fun deal. You know, we have a large charitable component as well. Uh, you know, we probably donate, I'm not sure the exact number to date, but, you know, I know we'll do two, we'll donate 200 tickets to various non-for-profits and they'll auction those off, you know, whether it's Leukemia Lymphoma Society, the Boys and Girls Club Young Variety. And then we do, we do give a nice cash donation to some volunteers that help with, help us, help out with us at the event, you know, again, Leukemia Lymphoma Young Variety and stuff like that. So we'll probably raise, I'm not sure, 50,000 bucks this year. And, and to date, we think, great. we think we've helped raise... You know, 400,000 here locally in Iowa, you know, our other events in Iceland and Colorado have, and, and have raised some funds as well. And we try to give back as much as we can. And, and, and it's a fun event. I mean, people really look forward to it. We've, you know, I think we have folks come from 40 different states, a couple different countries, um, you know, and just in kind of my travels and as are my adventures in bacon. I mean, we've done some fun stuff. You know, we've met the president and prime minister of Iceland, um, We've met some some interesting, you know, kind of celebrities in uh, bacon adventures. Uh, we did an event in New York City a couple years ago with Farmland, and Dean Kane and I were with Superman. Superman. We yeah. were we were with about four hundred Santa Clauses because they were trying. Farmland was trying to do a promotion to instead of giving cookies to Santa, you give bacon to Santa. Oh, good. Um, but it's just fun, and we have a lot of fun with it, and you know. For, uh, it's, you know, we do now events and we've done events. Our Colorado event is great. Like we're going to celebrate our seventh year out there. And, uh, you know, then we've kind of expanded into other events. I mean, well, we have a couple of bike events that, yeah. that are involving bacon and, um, you know, we've, this is bacon ride number four. So we've been working with, with Brooks and, and his team of crazies as far as making sure we've got plenty of bacon for bacon and biking just go together. So, so nice. And so how, how, how's those events shaping up for, for 2007? I know we've got a new one as well. Yeah. The Bacon Ride 4 is going to be great. Uh, you know, with, when we started it on the Raccoon River Valley Trail, we started in Waukee and then we went west to Adel and kind of went on a clockwise pattern. Well, this year it's going to be different because we're flipping the ride. And I know a lot of the early, like Adel really wanted to be like, hey, we would like to be the, the late town. It, it's just, you know, you try to mix it up after, you know, a couple of years and make it different. And I mean, the great thing about that trail is it's it's a great trail. It showcases the central Iowa beautifully. The towns really get into it. They're really on board. I mean, they love, you know, having, you know, four or 5,000 people descend on their towns for a day. You know, the weather, we think we only had really weather one year. 
Um, and that's June 17th. Yeah. So the weather will be, all the snow will be gone by then, hopefully. Snow is going to be gone today, hopefully. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be a great day again of all things bacon and fun on the, on, on your bike. And, you know, like the Iowa beer bus will be in Linden again, you know, Hotel Pat T and Perry, uh, Jay Hart's there. He does a great menu item. Uh, PJ's driving in, in Panora, Joe White's, he makes a fun, you know, uh, burger slider every year that kind of, you know, he just tries to, his are great. I think last year he kind of had like a corn salsa on it, if I remember correctly. Um, uh, Thai Castle, you know, they did that. Did you have that corn dog? Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, that was great. I mean, it's fun. I mean, it's... Lots of fun, lots of bacon. Lots of is... food, and, and it's a it's a fun food ride. It's kind of, it's not your normal ride where it's just, you know, hey, ride point A, point B, and, you know, you get stuff on your own. We try to we try to create an experience where folks can basically, you know, have a taste of Iowa, and we work with all local vendors, and, and they come up with some fun, unique food items. We switch them up. We try to switch them up every other year. Sometimes we, you know, they get a little, some people love the items, so we don't switch those up. But uh, and our sister ride, yeah, uh, pigtails, new, pigtails, pigtails, and, and just and going on in Prairie Trail, I believe. Yeah, over in Ankeny. That's going to be fun and exciting way to start a bike ride. Well, well we got Abby Normal is going to be playing there. Yeah. Uh, a local Ankeny band, but I, I, they don't play Ankeny that much. Do no, they? no, uh, they're a great ragbri band. They've been out on on the road quite a few times. So I mean, it'd be great to see. It's a it's a woman specific ride, but guys can come afterwards. The post party three to seven right there in Prairie Trail. So lots of fun to be had. So obviously, uh, Bacon Fest coming up. Blue Ribbon Bacon Fest tickets still available, Brooks. Tickets are still available at our website at blueribbonbaconfestival dot com. Get them today. Uh, that includes. You know, unlimited bacon samples at the event from the 10 different purveyors that are there. It includes uh, bacon bucks that can be used at some of the food vendors or at one of the various bars that we have. The, again, the Iowa Beer Bus will be there. We do have a 29,000 square foot day club, Club Sizzle. So awesome. if you like to dance a little, you can, you know, sweat off some of those bacon strips you're going to be eating. But yeah, it's a, again, fun filled day. Tickets available at blueribbonbaconfestival.com. And what's the date again? February 18th. February 18th. Awesome. And last question for you, Brooks. I know you enjoy a few food items besides bacon. We ask everyone, what's your favorite kind of pie? What's my favorite kind of pie? Hmm. This is a tough one. I like a lot of pie. Uh, I, I want to, I, I guess it's pecan pie. Hmm. Like pecan, 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 whatever. Pecan, You'll pecan. eat either. All right. You know, I like, like that. I guess second would probably be... F- no, 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 no. Just no, one no, pie? Just, okay, just, just yeah, pecan pie. If you were pie, just pecan, limited to one piece of pie. pie. All right, there you go. All right, well, hey, Blue Ribbon Bacon Festival coming up soon. Make sure you go. We're going to have a, a booth there for, for the Bacon Ride and Pigtails Ride. Come by and spin the wheel of swag. Maybe get some bacon socks from Primal. So thanks for coming on, Brooks. Anytime. Thanks for having me, TJ. And now we come to the part of the show where you get to ask me questions about cycling, cycling culture, or whatever else you want. I'm Andrea, and this is Paratalk. Today, I'm excited to bring you the first ever question that anyone's asked us on Paratalk. So thank you to Iowa Tom for writing in, and everyone else out there, I would love to hear from you. Iowa Tom is a 73-year-old male who hasn't been on a bike for years. Now he's lost a lot of weight, so congratulations, Tom, and he wants to get biking again with his grandson. What he wants to know is what type or style of bike should he look at? It's just for around town, riding with his grandson, and he says he's never good at shifting gears in the past. Now, the first thing I say is that cycling is a great way to burn calories. 
How much weight you lose depends on how many pork chops and how many ice cream cones you eat, but you will be burning a lot of calories even if you go slow. The second thing I'll say is that I would recommend going to a local bike shop if you have one or traveling to the nearest city that does have one because they'll be able to help you get the exact right bike for you and in the right price range. I'm just going to recommend some general bikes and they'll help you go from there. Now to get down to the details. There are three main types of bikes that I would recommend for you. The first one is called a cruiser, and it's built for pretty much exactly that. Cruising around town, maybe running out and getting some ice cream, but it's a fun bike to ride. Now, a lot of cruisers that I've ridden don't even have shifting, but some do, and it's pretty simple and straightforward. The second type of bike that I'd recommend for you is called a hybrid, and it's a cross between a mountain bike and a road bike, and it's a little bit more versatile than a cruiser would be. You'd be able to take a hybrid out on the bike path or maybe even on a bike route when your grandson gets a little bit older. So that one might be a good option for the future. The third type of bike that I'd recommend for you is called recumbent trike. Now it's a little bit different in that you're in a reclined seated position and your feet stick out in front. So it is very different style of riding and you'll have to test ride a couple if you think this is the option for you but it can be fun and it's just something a little bit different and you're not going to tip over. So that's a plus. The only drawback to recumbent trikes is that they are a little bit more expensive. So you really have to have your heart set on it if that's what you want. Like I said before, I would recommend going into your local bike shop or a big sporting goods store like Shields and talking to them there about exactly what bike you'd like. They'll be able to get the right size for you and the right price range and have a lot of options for you to just test and look at so you can kind of get the feel for what kind of bike you'd like. Thank you so much for writing in, and I can't wait to hear from the rest of you. If you want to write in, all you have to do is email us at justgobikepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can tweet us or send us a message on Facebook at Just Go Bike. And now we have an option to call us and leave us a message at 515-661-4884. Beware, we might use your voice on the air. This is Andrea signing off. Thanks for listening to Parrot Talk. And just a reminder, the Just Go Bike podcast is sponsored by Promoware, a company out of Colorado that Ragbrad does all their cycling apparel with. Also, Bikes to You, Bike Shopping, Grinnell, Iowa, also a Ragbrad charter. And Bikes to You has been involved with Ragbrad for a couple of decades. And also the Iowa City Coralville Convention and Visitor Bureau, uh, host of Grand Gable and also the World Cup of Cyclocross that will be coming back to Iowa City in the fall. So thank you for the generosity. Thank you for supporting the Just Go Bike podcast. You can find our show notes at justgobike.net. What do you want to talk about on this show? Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Just Go Bike. Be sure to subscribe to the Just Go Bike podcast and join us next week for more. That's all for now. Thanks for listening, and keep pedaling till you hear the sizzle. Thanks again for listening. For more information, check out justgobike.net.
The show's theme song was written, produced, and performed by Ryan Steer. Brian Powers is the show's producer, and the Just Go Bike podcast is brought to you by the Des Moines Register, a part of the USA Today Network.